This episode is sponsored by our friends at Manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code OPOPIE at Manscaped.com. Sweet baby Jesus from Duclaw in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Chocolate, peanut butter, porter. I think it's six, six and a half percent. This thing's crazy. This is a rainy day beer for right. real. In front of a fireplace. Sort of a hurricane beer. With your favorite gal or your favorite My whatever. Favorite guy, favorite dog. Yeah, whatever you're into. It's 2023. Your second favorite dog. Who cares? Yeah, if you're into dogs, as long as you're not hurting the dog or yourself. Dogs that's where like I'm at. peanut butter, typically. That's so why they, I said uh, dogs. <laughs> My dog doesn't. Cheers, Matt. Cheers. It's good. That it's is good. I like that a lot. Why is it called Sweet Baby Jesus? We all know. Oh, you don't know? Probably, you know, the first guy who tasted it was like, Sweet baby Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus. Oh, hell, that's Can good. Can I get an amen? What is going on, everybody? Welcome to my live stream 500 feet above New York City. There's Doggy. Hi, Doggy. Thanks for the poo on my fingers this morning, Doggy. Doggy needed to get out, so I took him for a nice walk. And then, of course, the the doggy bag breaks, and I, I had poo, poo, dog poo all over my hands. It still smells. I scrubbed my hands. I scrubbed my fingernails. I took a shower. And it's still, it's still, it still smells like, like dog poop. But besides that, how's everybody doing, man? Good morning, Opie. Why is your mic so loud? Turn oh. your audio down. I know you like to like. I just woke up. <laughs> What's up, bro? What's going on, man? You're like the. Uh, I think you're the hottest thing on the live streaming world. I won the internet, according to a couple people, the last two weeks. I, yeah. I, I, I officially broke up MLC. It's great. Yeah. Where did you where did you go to school? Like where did you grow up at? I, I don't know your backstory that well. Rochester? I mean, you started in Rochester, or um, I'm from uh, Centerport, Long Island. Little, oh, okay. Little clammy community on the north shore of Long Island, about halfway out. It's sort of like uh, part of Huntington, Long Island, and we were known for our clamming and uh, and uh, and that's about it. I think yes. Uh, How'd then, you get to Rochester? I went to school in Geneseo. Little summer ah. school, uh, which now is like one of the best schools you could possibly go to in the entire country because of the price. But when I went there, it was a major drinking school. They had bars on top of bars, man. Uh, they they had apartments on Main Street that had lower levels that they just made into bars, and and no one was stopping them back in the day. How'd you cross paths with Wheeze? How'd that come about? I uh, I'd rather talk about your crazy life. My first real radio job was in Geneva, New York, CQ one hundred and two. I would drink, uh, I would drink, uh, I would do happy hour, drinking my face off. I would go back to the frat house. I would uh, sleep for two hours and then get to Geneva, New York, for my midnight to six a.m. shift. It was brutal, and it was a forty-five minute drive. And there were a couple times I fell asleep at the wheel. One time I woke up to see deer in the road, and I think the deer saved my life because subconsciously I think I saw them. Mm. Um, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was the days where like us older people did that type of thing. Do you understand that, Chad? Oh yeah, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then, the cover of my uh, I have an album called Reckless Operation. Go watch it. Go listen to it on Spotify. It's like the mugshot from my DUI charge. So oh, oh I, I would I never got a DUI. I'm lucky in that regard. I, I, I didn't. Heard. I got I got charged with one. I pled down. I, I should have gotten one. I've, I mean, I was guilty as shit, but I right. I, you know, you know, you're gonna fight in court. Chad, what's your story? Like, where are you from? I uh, grew up in Northeast Ohio, and uh, Kent State University, Kent Roosevelt, uh, Kent State, four dead in Ohio. You remember that? Of Ten course. soldiers in Nixon coming. Of course. And it's a university. It's a Division One school. It's a wait, max you, school. Wait, you went to that college? Yes, graduated. Now uh, the the whole incident with the uh, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Youngs uh, Road, Ohio. And by the way. That incident happened in Kent State, and they had the song done uh, almost 24 hours later on the radio. That's how crazy that was, that turnaround for that song. But uh, do they talk about it at Kent State? Is there a plaque where it all happened? What's the deal? Absolutely. My dorm was right next to the parking lot where the the sh- the, sh- uh, the the girl where the girls like crying. Yeah. Like, there's a plaque right there. Like I I walk by it every single day. So yeah, of course every May 4th they're all like you know. They have a gathering. They get together. It's a whole thing. Right. So I need to know about your upbringing, man. I, I've heard some crazy-ass things. I've heard like there's been some uh, some issues with uh, with your mom and, and, your, and you had a brother that's no longer with us. Like I want, I want to walk through this a little bit, Chad. I want to put you on the spot. No, that's fine. Give the history of your upbringing. Like, so, you're, so you're from uh, you know, uh, outside Kent. Was your dad around ever? No, my real dad... Uh, served in Vietnam. He was a Vietnam veteran. Came back and started dating my mom, and I guess it was a very rocky relationship. I, it was like a fire and gasoline relationship, and she ended up getting pregnant. And to this day, I don't know the story really. What really happened? Yeah. He ended up leaving the picture, and she, you know, she uh, had me. And my grandparents pretty much raised me. She was 20, 20 years old, so she was young. And then my grandparents died when I was five. Uh, well, my grandfather died when I was four, and I, I watched him have a heart attack in the kitchen and die. I was the only one there, so that was traumatizing for a child. Whoa, slow down. <laughs> Walk me through that. I guess I was very, very close, to, and I and I'm I'm 48 now. I still remember it. Like I have I a visual sense of exactly what happened at the age of four. Right. So we were, you know, I, I was very close with my grandpa. He was a truck driver. He was a great guy. And you know, I, I just, I, I remember sitting on his lap watching Hogan's Heroes as a four-year-old. Yeah. Still to this day. So I was very close with him. He's a father figure. And then he had a heart attack and died. I was the only one there. I didn't know, you know, I'm a child. And then my mom comes home an hour later and she's crazy. And the cops, you know, the paramedics, it was a whole scene. And I remember all of it. Holy crap. Were you in the house by yourself for a while after he went? An hour. Of my in the kitchen with my grandfather's dead in the kitchen, laying on the. It was traumatized to this day. I remember it. I remember it. So what do you do? Did you go into another room and just like hide? Like what do you do? I'm four. Four. So your memory can't be that great about it. But I just remember crying and screaming because he's not responsive, and that's all I remember. Um, and just to give you an idea, how this is this is where the comedy. Of Chad Zumach all started. <laughs> this is where it all began. These, these, these are the beginning seeds. So now you're four. Grandfather dies. Does, is the grandma still in the picture? Grandma just got cancer right around that time. And 
so she was battling with cancer. This is what, 1980, 1979, somewhere. And then I'd go in a room every day to talk to her every morning. And then one morning I went in there and she was dead. So I found my grandma dead. So no, come on. a year later, I swear it was, so, and I had to go get my mom and she's crying. It was like a year later, we repeated the whole situation. Have you ever talked about this stuff? The therapist. See, that's, that's what, this is what drives me nuts. Like, look, the sniping and the yelling and all that. It's great. It's, it's great live streaming and radio. I used to call it radio. Of course it is. But I'm like, there are so many little nuggets that Chad has thrown out there. I'm like, there's a real story here I want to get into. So you so you found both grandparents uh, when they died. Yeah. And now how old are you? Like five or six? Five. Five. So yeah. now you have to go live with your mom, right? Well, my mom was living. We were living with the grandparents. So after that happened, I guess it was like between the, the her brothers and sisters and all this. It was a messy, messy like, you know how when you lose a loved one, like the will and everything, right. we ended up losing the house and everything. So we had to move okay. to an apartment. And my mom wasn't very stable She because she, my grandparents were pretty much raising me. My mom was like, you know, I love her. She was a great woman, but she was uh, just she wasn't very stable. She, she had mental issues. Yeah, she was she was babied by my parent, her parents, my grandparents. She was she was always like, you know, they 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 gave her everything. She never really had to work for stuff, if that makes sense. Right. So she was always getting, you know, the easy way out. So my mom, I don't think really wanted to be a mom early on and she was struggling with it. So she kind of like put me with my aunt and uncle for four years and she moved to Texas. So I didn't have my mom. So I was with my aunt and uncle, which was a blessing because they were great people. And I I saw what like uh, a family is and how a functional you know, mom and dad can be, and I had cousins. We lived on a 27-acre farm. It was like the best place for a kid to be. So whatever good's in me, whatever people, that's from that period of my life. Right. Because I was a functional, normal kid going to school, having friends, family, you know, eating dinner with, you know, my uncle and my aunt. And and then uh, she came back, and um, I still don't know why she went there. I have no clue. Probably, and, uh, it was probably a mental hospital, man. You know, there were times when I was growing up, my, uh, there's no secret. My mom has, has mental issues and every once in a while we're like, where's mom? And they're like, ah, she's <laughs> visiting her sister. She'll be back. But we learned years later that she was, uh, you know, she would, she was doing some stints in the hospital to try to get right. Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> she, might been, she might've been in an institution for a little bit. Who knows? But so you lived with your, uh, your aunt and uncle for how many years? Three, four, three to four. And now, are you still a young kid at this point? Yeah, I'm. Uh, let's see, uh, seven, eight, somewhere around there. Right. And then we then we moved to Kent, where I went to Kent State and Kent Roosevelt. Right. It was just out just outside of Kent, and we had an apartment. And about a year or two after that, she meets my stepfather. Uh, she was a bartender, my mom at the time, and uh, she met him at the bar. So yeah, and this guy's just start coming around, and he was hanging out, and he was you know in my life, they were dating. Then I find out he was cheating on his wife at the time, and he had two kids. So he was cheating on his wife and two kids with my mom. So <laughs> it got to be weird, and I guess he got busted. They ended up getting a divorce, and she took him for like everything. He made good money. So he ended up marrying my mom because he was okay. cheating on her. And I don't know, you know, he has two kids from a previous marriage. They hate his guts. I heard the his son 
from the previous marriage changed his name in high school. That's how much he hates his father. So he's a really bad dude. Right. He was. He's dead. And how many years was he with your mom? All the way up till she died. Um, They were together. Like It was more of a hostage situation because (laughs) slowly after, we realized he became very abusive, like, I mean, hardcore Opie, like punch you in the face, kick you in the face, like that kind of abusive. It wasn't slap. I mean, he'd come home from work in a bad mood. He'd just start hitting us. Um, If he didn't take out the trash, he'd beat the shit out of you. I mean, it was really, really traumatic stuff. And how old were you? 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. You're killing me because that's, you know, that's the wheelhouse of my kids. I I just can't imagine that. That has to that has to leave like deep mental scars there, Chad Zumak. Well, it's to the, I mean I'm 48, still trying to f- fix my life because of it. That's how bad it's been. Do you go it's, to therapy? I've been in and out of therapy for years. Like it's I've yet to have anything stick. It, it right. helps a little bit to talk about it. I mean, right now this is kind of therapeutic, just talking about it. Right. Um, but uh, I mean, it was like craziness. Like if if he didn't drink his coffee. He would hit you because you talked to him before he drank coffee. Like he had to have coffee. And, but there was no one around that could save you. Obviously, your mom, uh, she, she, she was too far gone to, to help uh, the situation. Did she ever show a, any uh, caring that this was going on in front of her eyes and she just felt like she was helpless? Or did she, she, she was get- getting hit, too. She was what? getting beat, too. So, I mean, she was like more of a, a victim in, than anything. Right. And. You know, I mean, he saved our lives financially, but it was just like he held that over everybody. He was very right. arrogant, just an abuse, just a bad guy. Like, I remember one time I literally forgot to take the trash out. So he came in and just pinned me to the ground and he was just punching me on the bed, like with fist. And then he goes, I was a baseball card guy and he went to my baseball cards and he started ripping the baseball cards up in front of my face. Like, you know, like my, you know, at the time, Greg Jeffries rookie card, like all these, like as a kid, it meant everything to you. Like Ricky Henderson, like, and that, I was just crying. Tony, you know, Tony Gwen rookie was just ripping him in front of my face. Just that's the kind of guy he was. Oh my God. Brutal. What was the, what was the worst thing he did to you? I mean, there's so much, but the one I remember was in the middle of winter. He had construction boots on and I, I, it was just something I forgot to like, I changed the channel of the TV while he was watching it. So he got up and I was like on the ground and he kicked me in the face with the boot on. I flew back. My head hit a bubble gum machine and cracked and I was, unconscious i was laying there for like five minutes like unconscious and uh i remember that visually i mean it was just like because i remember coming out of like like what, what happened my mom was crying and screaming and they were fighting and he smacked her it was really bad dude you're i'm not even i'm not even lying you're helping me get through some childhood crap right now because i, I you know i tell my stories thank god i mean thank god i i i, I can't i can't com- compete on this level thank god which makes me feel a little better today i'm not gonna lie to you well, um, hope I'm helping somebody out. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hey, I want to thank Blue Chew for being part of this podcast for a really long time. It's greatly appreciated. And it's appreciated that you're supporting the sponsors like Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. And you can try it for free right now by using the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, at checkout. Just pay the $5 shipping. Yeah, you can take them anytime, day or night. So you can plan ahead. We want to plan ahead sometimes, right? 
Of course we do. The process is simple. This is what you do. You sign up at BlueChew.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Discreet packaging. You don't have to go to the doctor's office. You don't have to wait online at the pharmacy. Everything is done all nice for you. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help you out. And we've got a special deal for you. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code OPOPIE at checkout. Just pay the $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code OPOPIE to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast. Promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E at BlueChew.com to try it for free. And where was the, uh, the uncle and the aunt that you had a decent relationship with before your mom came back in the picture and moved you guys into the apartment uh, with this monster? What sucks about that is they ended up getting a divorce after I left. And that was like my foundation because I'd still go back there. Right. And like, like I, I, I didn't want to be with my mom or this guy. It's like, I, like every weekend I'd go back to the aunt and uncle. I was like, I get me out of this house. I don't want to be around this guy. And they, they ended up getting divorced and selling. So it was just like my foundation was gone. Right. So you were stuck with this monster and your and your your mentally ill mom. Yeah. Now, and how many siblings did you have? My mom ended up having uh, two kids with this guy. So you have uh, st- you have step brothers and sisters or whatever. Well, I mean, I have one stepbrother, but I haven't talked to him in, I don't know, I, I, I didn't even talk to him at my mother's funeral, because he, he kind of picked up all the characteristics of my, my real father that I don't like, the abusiveness, so I was like, I, you turned into your dad, I don't want nothing to do with you. Right. So, he, he ended up becoming very close, and I had a brother, John, who ended up uh, getting killed, who, you know, Kevin thinks is hilarious, and Bob thinks is hilarious, uh, he was nine years old, and he was abused too. And he was slow down a little bit. So is this uh, uh, is this brother from the same parents biologically? My mom and the stepfather. But he was abused too. He was hit, and out of fear of my father, he was playing in his car one day, and he was just put it in gear, put it in neutral, and start rolling down the hill. And you know, as a child, he didn't know what to do, so he ran out behind the car and tried to stop it because, and it just ran him over. Are you serious? I never heard this. Yeah, so that's what Bob and Kevin thinks is hilarious, and they use as a joke every day. And they, you know, and that's that was the thing that really bothered me. I was just like, dude, this, this you know, a kid dying's funny to you? That's that's comedy, <laughs> and right, uh, it was traumatic. And at the time, I wasn't, I was uh, out of the house. I was, uh, I was now, in can college. I, can I stop you for one second? I yeah. apologize, and we can go back there because I want to play devil's advocate now. Have there been things that you've said about those guys that would be crossing the line as well? I'm just asking. I have no idea. Sure. As a neutral guy right here talking to you, I just want to, I just want to be able to represent them a little bit. But sure. But you could say whatever you want. Did you ever go over the line when you, uh, have, while you've been going after those guys? The only thing, this is what blew it all up. So. Bob Levy's married to his wife, Gina. It's public. It's out there. She's a nurse. She's, you know, he's, she's been on his podcast. Gina has a daughter. I don't know if it's a stepdaughter, her real daughter, who looks just like Ariana Grande. And she's been online as Ariana Grande since she was 15. And she has a massive following. 10.5 million followers on TikTok. She's, like, huge. 
Wait, 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 wait. Bob Levy's got a, a daughter or stepdaughter that has 10.5 million followers on TikTok. That that's a legit star. Yeah, and she has a Wikipedia. She's known. Ariana Grande has addressed her like Ariana Grande knows who she is because she has a whole following just looking identical to Ariana Grande. Right. So Bob would never bring it up or talk about it, even though he would always talk about my life. I'm like, you got a legitimate celebrity living in your home and you never addressed it or even, you know. Why, and, would and he, the, why wouldn't he address something like that? Because that's not like that's not some local girl has done okay and maybe has, you know, a hundred thousand followers, or whatever. If you're if you got over 10 million followers on TikTok, that's a legit almost A-lister type celebrity. And she's verified on every account. Like she's bigger than all of us combined. Like in following, and, and it's 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 crazy. So a fan obviously found out about it. Right. She's and she's 19 years old, and I guess the the, the controversy comes is because she looks just like Ariana Grande, and she's on OnlyFans, like doing like naked stuff. And so right. the, the the Ariana Grande fans hate her. They can't stand her now. So they right. all vote, you know. But she's making a fortune looking like Ariana Grande doing nude stuff. And so you went there, and you felt like that was uh, fair, right? Considering she's definitely a public figure with 10.5 million. Holy, that's great. That's crazy. And a Wikipedia, everything. I mean, it's just like she's a celebrity. And and this is the craziest, weird part of it. Bob's from Staten Island. Pete Davidson used to open for Bob and stay at right. a, live at his place. So that's a story that you should talk about. It's interesting. There's a lot going on there. And he just kind of never brought it up. Fan right. brings it up. Now he's mad at you because you're talking about it. But that's- well, he brings he brings it up and he kind of throws it. Eh, she kind of looks like Ariana Grande. Blah blah blah. And a fan goes, "No, dude, she's a legit celebrity." Right. So that so obviously Kevin's fans and the fans are you know they get the whole of the photos and the photos are out there. And somebody was uh, on my show in the stream like right now. I was doing the the stupid hype train that you like. I and- love. <laughs> I get mad because you don't put me on the damn hype train. I'm in there like, what about me? I'm, I'm here with my luggage waiting to get on the train. And you don't you don't put me on the damn hype train. And you always said you missed the stop. <laughs> so somebody says something about uh, Gina's daughter. And I go, oh, I heard she looks like Ariana Grande. I heard she's hot. Send me right. a photo. I want to jerk off to it. It was just like a – just that, that's all it was. Right. Nothing crazy. I was in the moment. I was doing, being stupid. And, and then um, she heard some, some anonymous – troll on twitter goes uh yeah chad's talking shit about your daughter and she just start going off on me like leveling me bringing up my mom saying she was a whore and she sat back and just watched my dad hit me and all this and i go what right i go you're out of con-. so at that point i'm like you owe me an apology i didn't say anything like right. remotely and then bob quits talking about me he starts shitting on me and talking about my brother and then he goes on legion of skanks and promotes her um, all right, so there's a lot there. I mean, as a father, I be, I got to be honest, I'd be a little annoyed if uh, you said that about uh, my you know of age daughter. Uh, I I got to say that much, but okay, uh, but I, but then him to turn around and make fun of your your nine year old uh, brother dying so tragically. They, they go, you guys are fucking nuts. All right, so that's where that uh, went. So uh, they so they're going after your uh, your brother who died tragically at nine years old. Like, how do you how do you get through that tragedy? Well, I wasn't living. I, I left home at 17 when I was a senior because of the abuse, and I went and lived with a friend. Right. And, and then I just I, I declared myself financially independent. And, uh, you know, that's how I got into school. I got a lot of like financial aid. And um, 
I went to college and just been living a normal life. And so I didn't have any contact with them at all for like three to four years. Cause I was like, we're done. Right. I cut that family off. And then I came back after the, the, the death of my, my brother. Cause I, like I heard about it as it was happening. I showed up and the news crews was right there. I mean, it was a scene, right? There was ye- yellow tape. My other brother was crying. It was just, so, you know, the funeral happened and it was just like, I didn't talk to them at the funeral. And then um, my mom slowly started coming back into my life. And, and the one thing I will say, Oh, is the craziest thing is the abuse all stopped after that death. My stepfather quit hitting everybody. It, so if there's some weird silver lining in it, of it, the abuse stopped, not the verbal, but the physical. Wow. Yeah. So it was, it was traumatic. And I, I, I started coming up. My mom started to change a little bit. Everyone changed. So, you know, I started working on the relationship with her and, you know, and um, I don't know. She she was obviously traumatized still, like in living in fear. And I remember her telling me one. She's like, I go, why don't you leave him? She's like, he says, if I leave him, she'll he'll he'll kill me. Well, he that's, will- a, that's a great way. Hey, anyway, you want to watch the Gilmore Girls? <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you live day to day in a house like that, knowing that he's holding that over your head? That's just crazy, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see my mom today, and I'm gonna kiss her right on the damn lips because of you. Yeah. Um, Seventeen, you're on your own. Yeah. You're finally out of the the abusive household. Your mom's still there because this guy's threatening to kill her if she ever leaves. This is nuts. Yeah. Um. So how did you act out? That's what I need to know. That's what this leads to. Well, you know, there's no way you go through that type of abuse. Have a have a brother die tragically, have a guy beating the crap out of you because you said something while he was drinking his coffee. You're seeing what he's doing to your legit mom. You finally get the hell out of there. Like for me, for, for me, my childhood wasn't anything like yours. I got to, I'm not going to compare. No, but I also knew that I needed to get the hell out of there as soon as possible. And I, you know, as soon as I graduated high school, I, I said goodbye to my twin brothers who were 12. And I basically knew I wasn't going to see him much after that. I knew I was going to just go and come back when I can. And I certainly did. But uh, I knew I had to start my own life away from all this uh, insanity. I completely. Yeah, the same. Exactly. The, the, everything you just said is exactly what I did, too. Yeah. So how did how did it uh, come out? I mean, you go through that type of trauma. It comes out in, in terrible ways. So you, let, what are you willing to admit here? Well, I mean, I went I went to college and it was my first time of just being a young I, I didn't drink until I was 21. Like that was like, I was a pretty regular kid. I was pretty, you know, I didn't do anything. I didn't do, I didn't drink smoke or anything. I didn't do anything. But then I started drinking when I was in college and you know, with girls and it just became, I became the party guy. It was, you know, I started getting an identity around campus. I started doing public access TV at the time before the internet, our show got really big. I was in a sketch group. I was doing comedy and it was just, I was just having fun, you know, did you not party when you were in high school because you were scared of what would happen if you came home drunk, knowing the household you were living in? Like my mom was such a strict parent that yes. I could count on maybe one hand, and I'd be so careful about this uh, that I got you know twisted or drunk or whatever uh, when I was in high school because I because I was scared of what would happen if I came home and and my ma- my mom found out. So I was a goody two shoes kid, a a student, all that. Never did wrong. Made sure. My curfew in high school was 11 o'clock. If I was home at 11 or 1, the yelling and screaming would start. You would be convinced that I was dead somewhere, even if I was a minute late, that type of thing. 
So just like you, when I went to Geneseo, I went hog wild. That's yeah. Why, that's why I don't think you could bring up your kids too strict because it's going to come out on the other end. Yeah. No, same way I was at Ken. I was just, I, I mean, I got very popular in college just being the party guy and it became a part of the identity of me. And, you know, I was in, it, it, you discover girls and it's just like you're out of control. It's just like, you know, and that it just continued on like throughout. Like even when I graduated college, I was still doing that. I was a bartender. I was, you know, I was doing, I started doing stand up. And so that, that was my, uh, you know, I was just a reckless dude. Right. Reckless. Nobody likes onions. Chad, uh, what about when you punch an old man with a walker? I can't let you get away with not talking. That's a lie. It's, it's, it's just the internet. They're lying. <laughs> and, and what about the stolen credit cards? You know, though it's so funny. We all have done crap. Well, as you know, the internet likes to take something and run. And Kevin Brennan loves just hearing something and running with it. Like, right. So I was arrested because of credit cards. Uh, that were stolen at a gym so this is a very complex thing and i've talked about it a million times but i will give you the exclusive for your show um so it was a whole thing and it, just to give you an idea how out of, in the dark i was about it like when they were arresting me i thought it was just like oh all right well you know fingerprint me mugshot and then i'm going home then they literally were driving me to jail i go what wait whoa, whoa 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 what's going on like i was like in the dark like and i didn't realize how crazy the charges were like i like it was so crazy how many charges they jacked up on this thing so i was in i wasn't actually in jail for three days like a, a real jail like and i'm frantically trying to get out of there so i end up getting a lawyer and a uh what do you bail bondsman or whatever and then that's when it was, uh, I just moved to Tampa. I just moved to Florida because I was living in LA and I was like, I don't, everything was locked down. Florida was open. I, I was going to move to Florida eventually because, you know, I was tired of comedy. I was tired of the business and I just, you know, want to live my life. I want to have freedom. And did you steal the cards? No, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you what happened. I could walk you through the whole crazy story because it's taken so many lives at this point. It's almost, it's, it's comical it, 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 how many twists and turns it's taken. So Mike Kelta broke the story, and that's when it, Kevin found out because, you know, Kelta, he's down here in Tampa. He knows everybody. So he, he, he went on his radio show and talked about it, and he tried to call me get me on the air. And I was like, I'm not talking about it. It was a long, drawn-out process, and about six to seven months later, another credit card case happened, and someone got busted at the gym for stealing credit cards. Long story short, prosecutor found out these two cases are connected. And they start putting it together and it became, it just got ugly. So they're moving charges to another case. They're like, wait, this isn't him. And my lawyer goes, dude, we can get this thing thrown out. He goes, they don't have you. This is not you. This is somebody else. This is the guy they just arrested and you're getting charged. For so it, it became so complex and so crazy. Um, I don't know the law. I know it's a hustle. I know if you go to a court, it's not on the up and up. And I know there's a lot of charges that weren't true and, they moved some charges over to the other case, and it so it ended up getting fucked up because another prosecutor took it over. Even though it was going to get thrown out completely, they put me in a position where I could either go to trial, which would cost probably twenty five thousand dollars, or they gave me a plea where I, I can just. Uh, it wasn't an actual guilty plea, but it was some weird precautionary thing. I don't know the law, so I took that deal because they're saying, "Yeah, you just got to do a probation," and. It ended up getting terminated, the probation, halfway through because the, the 
the probation guy said, this is bullshit. I, I read the charges. You're getting hosed right now. So nothing happened. Nothing happened. You know, and, and not to throw Anthony under the bus, but if you're a multimillionaire and you're innocent, you go to trial. I don't have $25,000 to go to trial to declare right. my you, – you don't take a plea. Well, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I understand the judicial system, and it's it, a lot of times it's not about right or wrong. That I, you know, I've I've always been a fan of, oh, not a fan, but I I've always understood that. But why did they like accuse you originally? They feel like they had something in the beginning. The guy that ended up getting arrested six to seven months later, we we had similar builds, similar looks, and it was during COVID, so there was were everyone was wearing mask on camera, so they got the wrong guy and. The guy that they ended up, I guess the guy, they, the second guy ended up going to jail because of uh, all, all the stuff he was doing. So he actually went to like jail for like for real for a long period of time. So they grabbed the wrong guy. And then because you got in a little too deep with the whole legal system, then it was easier to, to plea it down to a, a nothing charge. Nothing charge. And, and it's sealed. It's, it's, it's like it never exists. It's going to be gone completely. So it was, it was something that. It was a deal that I had to take. I mean, I wasn't, nothing was, it was nothing. It literally was nothing. Man, I guarantee there's a whole bunch of people that are going to be yelling and screaming. <laughs> I've been dealing with it for, for three years, three years. The problem is when someone hates you, they don't, they, they don't, don't care. About, they don't care about the facts. They don't care. It, I, I have no idea. I wasn't there, but if you're telling the truth, they'll still, they'll still, they don't want to hear the truth. Well, the problem is I've been in trouble with the law for like other things. So you're automatically guilty. Like if you see a mugshot, you're guilty. Like it doesn't matter. It's just, you're guilty. Right. What what are some of the other things? uh, Well, you told me about the DUI. What else? DUI charge. I mean, there's other stuff. I mean, Kevin's talked about it, but it's just like when I was dumb, like I got my ex-girlfriend was cheating on me. I found out where the boyfriend lived. I, uh, I ended up showing up and getting in a fight with them. They called the police. I get arrested, and I got charged with stalking because of that because she was cheating on me. And at the time, I'm broke. I don't have a. I can't afford an attorney. I got to get a public defender. So there's like so many sides of the story. But you know, I'm, I'm I never. But here's the thing: they're like, I got you. I've talked about this forever. There's yeah, never been a like. I'm trying to sweep it under the rug. I've talked about it on the radio. Like, so there's always two sides to a story, and it's just people just run with it, and they think. Oh, you're just, but a lot of it's traffic. If you look right. at my, like my so-called rap sheet, it's driving with a suspended license, uh, uh, one headlight, uh, left to center, like speeding, <laughs> going through a stop sign. So it's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a fucking really bad guy. Now I got hired at iHeartRadio. They do background checks. If I was such a bad guy, I would never have gotten a job with a corporation. It's so it's, so you can run with your own narratives and that's fine. JD straight shot with a fiver. Uh, Jim and Sam having a have an after show called Town Square on YouTube. It's better than the actual Jim and Sam show. All right, so he's giving giving Jim and Sam a little props on this one. He usually like goes for the jugular, but there you go. Um, See, I don't know Sam. I met him once, and I, I don't know him, so I don't have any opinion. I, I know he's, he- terrible, he's a terrible person. I, okay, I, I brought him in and uh, taught him a lot and gave him so many breaks in the business. I, I. Uh, he would go on vacation with us. I would pay for everything. He never pulled out a, a dollar in all the years he knew me. And I, and we were really close. And then, you know, when he had the opportunity to stab me in the back, he did it. He did that. Uh, you know, you know, radio, radio is full of just really bad people, to be honest with you. Terrible, terrible people. And, so and believe you, it or not, stand up comedy too. As soon as he got <laughs> the chance, he stabbed me in the back. 
He doesn't like uh, Jim Norton at all. His wife hates Jim Norton. Um, he, when Anthony got uh, fired from Sirius XM, he ran to my house basically and said, you should get rid of Jim as well. He's a bad dude, and he's, and he's keeping you down. And then the first chance he got, he teams up with this guy and backstabs me. He's a bad yeah. dude. I got I, I got so much info on him. I got so many text messages of him, uh, you know, shit talking Jim Norton and others, and 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 this guy like that I embraced and brought into my world and gave him a million breaks. I was there fighting for his raises, fighting for his early radio shows, did everything I could for this guy. And the first chance he got, he, he stabbed me in the back. He's a terrible, terrible person. Probably even uh, worse than Jim Norton because I actually had a legit friendship with this guy. Legit. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, uh, I, I certainly wasn't perfect or anything like that. But a lot of these guys that have a problem with me, if you, you know, we've asked them over the years. There was Rich Voss went on Brother Weez's show and uh, Weez wasn't going to let it go. So, and you know, Weez pretty well. Yeah, and Weez is like, you know, what's 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 the deal with Opie? What's your problem with Opie? And live on the radio, he had nothing, nothing on me, literally nothing. When he was called out, zero. But it's a better narrative. Like I'm not in the big seat anymore, and he has to suck up to the guy in the big seat. So what do you have to do? You got to like trash the other guy because the because the guys in the big seat don't like you anymore. He's a fraud. I don't care if you like him or not. Rich Voss is a fraud. Because he had a chance to, to say uh, what his problem was with me in front of Brother Weezy, and he had nothing. Yeah. Zero. Just for the record, I like Voss. He's always been nice to me. Like, so I got to say that. I can't be phony. That's I'm not going to like, I'm kissing up to Opie. Like, and even Norton's been cool. So I was like, but I understand you having beef. I get it. I mean, right. there's comics I don't like that you probably like. Like who? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm fighting with two of them right now, Bob Lee and Kevin Brennan. Like, <laughs> I don't know I much mean, about Bob Levy. You know, he was uh, – he, ne he never said anything bad about me. And, and uh, he did the show a little bit, and he was really good. But he was in the Howard Stern camp at the time, so we didn't do a lot with him. And uh, and I enjoyed Kevin Brennan when he used to come on. I, I did. I mean, I, no, I – You gave him his thing. Nobody would know who Kevin is if it wasn't for you, period. And that's the fact. I know him because of you. I think, you know, I, I've told him and he gets mad at this, but he's a bit yelly. You know, he's a bit yelly and I'm a, I'm a yeller, but he's a bit yelly at times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I hope, I hope he's taking some kind of uh, high blood pressure medication. Cause you know, he, especially after you left, his face is turning bright red every day now. I mean, he's 63. You gotta take care of your, I mean, I don't think he gives a shit at this point. Right. <laughs> Did you have a crush on Bonnie McFarlane back in the day? God no. Bonnie, when I first started comedy, I met her. She was pretty hot. She, I mean, she's still not, not a bad looking woman, but she was hot one of She's all right, but God no. Um, wow, this is a good conversation. So, where's your? Is your mom still alive? She died from breast cancer three, four years ago, actually. Oh, that's fun. Jeez. Yeah, so she died, and it's like you know when she died, she was like. You could tell she was so defeated, and she and lived in regret. I could see it in her face, and I felt bad. And the stepfather, this is a great story. So <laughs> it was during COVID. My my aunt calls me, and she goes, hey, are you around? I go, yeah. She goes, "Um, I went to your mother's grave, you know, to give flowers, and um, did you know your stepfather's dead? <laughs> I go, what? I, he, I think he died from COVID. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think he died from COVID. But how did she know that by going to the grave? Because she was, he was buried right next to her. Oh, gee, who who made that happen? The 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 brother that I don't speak with, his son, 
Uh, he didn't even tell, he didn't have the courtesy to call my aunt or anybody that he died. He had no funeral because he, he had no friends. So, so she went to see your mom and, and saw that he was also dead, buried next door. Yeah. We, the brother didn't call my cousins, my aunts, uncles, nobody. He just had him buried. <laughs> I'm like, wow. So it was kind of a fitting ending to a really bad person. What did that make you feel like inside? Was it, did you feel like it was finally over? Yeah. I, I, whether I don't know what your faith is, if you believe in anything, heaven, hell, whatever. I was like, the guy's in hell. The guy is in hell and he died in hell. I mean, so. Well, I don't believe in organized religion there. Uh, Neither do I. I believe we came from, uh, we are the aliens, man. We all (laughs) talk about, are the aliens here? Yeah, they're here. They're us. We came from somewhere else. It's so, so, so obvious to me. There's something out there, man. The space is everywhere, man. No, I I mean, (laughs) it's my same rap over and over again, but like, just use your stupid brain and the logic. Humans are the only ones that could do all this stuff. There's not one animal that comes in as a close second. Doesn't that make your brain go, what the hell? We, we're from somewhere else, obviously, and way more advanced. So we came from a way more advanced planet somewhere else, and we seeded this stupid planet uh, called Earth. It's obvious to me. <laughs> your numbers are going to go up. This is conspiracy theory. It, 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 how is it a conspiracy? When you go to the no, bus, it makes sense. When you go to the bus stop or you go to the subway, is there a, like is there a, a, like a, like a, I don't know a sea otter sitting there also waiting to take the subway or the bus? No, of course not. Nothing comes in second. What's the second most intelligent thing on Earth? What would you say? I, I guess chimpanzees. All right, we're <laughs> doing the exact same thing they've done for millions of years. Have we been doing the exact same thing for the last millions of years? No, of course not. We keep advancing, and these stupid uh, chimpanzees are still doing this to each other and picking bugs off each other. Get the hell out of here! And uh, you want to know something else? You got me going now, man. The Egyptians didn't build the pyramids. Shut the f up! They're they're Ooh. taking credit for that crap. They didn't do it. <laughs> An advanced civil civilization did it, and the Egyptians happened to say, "Hey, we're going to live here now, and then we're going to take credit for these these giant triangles." But as I get older, I'll tell you this much: we definitely landed on the moon, but some of that shit was faked. To, to it has to be to pump it up, and this is why I know we landed on the moon because Russia would not allow us to continue having bragging rights all these years later. They would be the ones going, "Hey, hey, world, they didn't do this." That's why I know that we did it, but I think we've I think we faked some footage or something. Some some of that stuff doesn't uh, make sense. I I I'll do a quick name drop real quick. Um, I heard uh, Timmy C, who's the bass player in Rage Against the Machine. Uh, he he's very passionate about we didn't land on the moon, and I got to meet him, and, and he is like convinced one hundred percent it never happened. He, he has facts and. And I'm like, okay. I, he actually changed me on that. I'm like, okay. You're probably, you're, I think you're right. <laughs> well, no, he's not right. He's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, it's what it was in 1969. What was your 68, 69? Well, we went back a few times. So how does he explain that? And then, like when the uh, when when the thing in 1969 splashed down the ocean, where was that thing hiding until it, it had to land back in the ocean? Right. Explain that one. Where yeah. was the thing? I forgot what it was called. With a giant yeah. parachute and landed in the ocean. They have footage of that. So yeah. where did that thing come from? 
Well, how come we don't go to the moon now with better technology? Like, why don't we go there back? No one's gone back. Well, I heard this is deep conspiracy stuff. All right. One of the astronauts looked over on one of the, uh, like, into a crater and saw some crazy ass alien shit. And basically, the aliens told them, don't come back. You're here. We're allowing this, but get the hell out of here and don't come back. That's one of those deep conspiracy things. I, I don't know if I believe that, but I, the, but you can find that on the uh, on the internet. You, you know all the classified stuff. If you're the president, I'm surprised like Trump hasn't gone like and just told everything that he knows, like well, <laughs> about all the stuff. Well, that's the problem too, because if any president was going to just babble about this type of thing, he would have done it. Yeah, absolutely, would have done it. So yeah. that, that makes me suspicious as well. Or they. Or, you know, the president in general is the figurehead, so maybe the people that are really in charge are like, we ain't giving them the good stuff. <laughs> we yeah. The good stuff. We the president down into the basement to show them the good stuff. He's, he's staying on the main floors. Because if you think about it, the president's pretty much just middle management in a weird way. Like, yeah. they're just like, yeah, they're the figurehead, but they're, they're not really pulling the strings. So it's not really, you know, if they wanted to keep, him to, keep stuff away from him, I'm sure they did. Chuck wants to ask before he goes. Oh, please ask Chad about his charge for breaking into a video store, stealing DVDs. But when Chad got home, he realized the DVD cases were empty. Please tell me this is true. This is the internet, Opie. This is not true. This is a lie. It's hilarious. I'm not going to lie, but this isn't true. But they do this all day long, and that's why it's like a snowball. It continues and goes, and this is part of the snowball. All right, so you're going on record to say that's not true. I, I yes, and please so find bad. the – and if, if I'm lying, post. All right, Chad. Wow, I, I was just turning this on to say hi to people on a Sunday morning, but uh, thank you, man. This this was uh, – All Chad, right. It was a pleasure, brother. Thank you. No, thank you. Let's uh, – let's, we'll always just catch up every from now and then. We'll, that, that, that'll be fun. No. All right. Well, fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'll tell you. No. I got what I needed. No, you're this done. Is the world we live in. I got what I needed. I'm going to move on now. No, of course, Chad. Thank you very much, brother. All right, brother. I'll see you. Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo. <laughs> 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 <laughs>